In a world of skepticism, uncertainty and information overload, we're all unsure of what works and what doesn't. The same is true in our Christian walk. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And does it actually work? In this series, we're looking at some of the pillars of our faith and discovering that they do actually work. Today, we're talking about prayer. Prayer is a part of God's plan for our lives. It's what works. So a new series starting. It's good. If you got your Bible, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This is the verse, the key verse that we're going to be preaching from this series, Philippians chapter 2. How, how many know what works? You know, what works? You, know, you, you want to know, does this actually work? You know, if I'm investing my time, my effort, my energy into it, I want to know that it actually works. When it comes to God, God works. Following God works. Living for God works. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, you've always obeyed me, not only in my presence only. Now, you know, the challenge isn't getting people to obey when you're around. Yeah, you can do that with your kids. You know, if you're standing over them, you can make sure they do their chores. But here Paul says, you haven't just obeyed in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. How many know that's a miracle right there? Getting kids to do stuff when you're not present, man, God's at work. And here, you know, Paul was saying, you haven't just obeyed in my presence, but my absence as well. He goes on and he says, work out your own salvation. I don't know whether you did a workout this morning. But when it comes to living out all that God's called us to, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. The big question that we're asking is, well, does this all work? Many people ask, well, does this program work? Will this diet work? Will this fitness thing work? Will I, will I get the results? Will I get out of it uh, what I desire? You know, is it worthy of my time, my investment, my resources? You know, is it, is it going to work? Before I engage, before I spend this, I, I want to know that, that it's worth my while. See, see, we live in a world right now where we're bombarded with information. In fact, we've got an info epidemic and all the information that, that, that comes to us often causes us to fear. Oh, man, what decision? Am I going to make the right decision? I don't know if it's the right decision. You know, we're, we're paralyzed by, by all the information that comes our, our, our way. But it, it also, yeah, it leads to that inactivity where, where, where we just do nothing because we're, we're saying, do this. So some people are saying, do this. But on the other side, people are saying, do that. No, don't do this, do that. And, and they're going, stay away from that or, or believe this. The, the big question we're going to ask is, who are you listening to? And, and who you're listening to, are they somebody you can trust? And, and does God's way actually work? Because after all, people today want proof. Now, I want proof that this actually works. If, if I'm going to subscribe to it, if I'm going to engage, if I'm going to invest, I want to know that this works. You know, does God's way of living work? Do God's principles work? You know, or is it a little bit of God's way and a little bit of my way? God's way, my way. What works? See, I found many people can take their version of God's way. In fact, in the world today, we live in a world where there's a lot of counterfeits, clones, and copies. Many of us are travel to other nations and been shopping. 
and we haven't come back with with legit stuff. In fact, it's not Gucci and Gabbana; it's Gucci and Banana. It's 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 not Nike; it's Mikey. In fact, I saw a pair of shoes there. You know, it's I went into a polo shop. I thought it was Ralph Lauren, but you know, I came out of it. It, it wasn't quite the real deal. It had the polo guy on there, but his stick was facing the wrong way. And, uh, you know, we think we're buying the, the authentic stuff, but it's not quite. You know, many of us have come back with Rolex watches. Rolex watches. They say the way that you tell between an authentic watch and a copy, a Rolex watch, the, 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 the second hand just glides around. If it, if it goes like that, it's a, it's a fake. But, but today, many people can't distinguish between what's an imitation and what's real. One thing I've found out about imitations is they don't last. Come on, those Yeezys that you bought for, fell apart within two weeks. You know, they, they didn't last. They may have looked like the authentic thing, but, but, but they were just a copy. And, and when it comes to our faith and, and God, there's many counterfeits out there. And today, what we're doing is we're specifically asking, does prayer work? Does prayer work? Prayer is a big enough subject just in itself. You know, we could do a whole series on it. And to be a person of prayer is a big enough goal all by itself. How, how many here would say they'd like to pray more? I, I like to be a person who prays more. Lift up your hand if you'd like to be a person who prays more. Yeah, a lot of hands. Now, I've got a real serious concern here that once I'm finished today is that you actually might pray more. Yeah, you might sense the need to be more organized, more disciplined, more structured in your prayer life. See, see I'm worried that when we're done, that, that we'd actually see prayer as the goal. If the goal is to pray more, to be a person of prayer, guess what? You're no different than a Hindu, a Buddhist, or Muslim, or, or millions of other Christians who embrace a counterfeit religion and they don't connect with God. So, so if our goal is to pray, our goal is too small and too superficial. But because our target is becoming more religious like the rest of the world. See, our difference is not that we pray. Many people pray. Our difference is that we connect with the living God through prayer. See, I chose to say prayer doesn't work. Prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. And we connect with God through prayer. That's how we connect. So I want to take you to a prayer meeting found in 1 Kings chapter 18. So if you've got your Bible, let's go there. Well-known story. I love this story. It's cool. In verse 18, 16, it says, So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So so, is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I've made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the law and have worshipped the image of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Azra, and who are supported by Jezebel. 
So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobble between two opinions? How many know we can do that in life? We've got information over here. We've got information over here. And, and we're in between. You know, God's way, my way. Uh, God's way, I'll take that, and, but I'll take a little bit of my way. Because after all, you know, that doesn't fully work all by itself. You know, how long will you falter, wobble between two opinions? He goes on and, and he says, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only prophet of the Lord who's left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood. Lay it on the wood of the altar, but without setting fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood of the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. So we've got a bit of a showdown going on here. And all the people agreed to the showdown that was going to take place. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, you go first, uh, for there are many of you. Choose one of your bulls, prepare it, and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls, placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime. They're having a prayer meeting, shouting, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there's no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them, saying, You'll have to shout louder. He scoffed. For surely he is God. Perhaps he's daydreaming. Or is relieving himself. It's in the Bible. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep or needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder following their normal custom. They cut themselves with knives and sword until blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of evening sacrifice. But still there was no sound, no reply, and no response. See, the world is full of praying people who pray under different names, different religions, different belief systems. Millions who, who claim the name of Jesus, but, but again, the same results as the prophets about. They, they shout, they cry out, they even sacrifice. They do whatever they think is going to get God's attention, but there's no response, no answers, nothing but silence. See, my concern today is that we'd make prayer our goal that we're to allow ourselves to embrace a hollow religion that, that, that believes God never answers, never hears us. See, I, I really believe God wants to meet with us. He wants to answer us and meet with us with intimacy and power. See, the difference between a follower of Christ is not that we pray, it's that God speaks to us and we can hear His voice for obedience. He hears and He answers. And I like Elijah because he breaks into this prayer meeting. See, if you want to know who was fervent, it was the prophets of Baal. They prayed and they prayed. They shouted and they danced. They had a revival meeting going on there. Here's the thing. If your prayers aren't powerful, don't shout louder. They slashed their bodies to get God's attention. You know, some of us know what it's like, not to slash our bodies, but, but to not hear anything, to get silence. 
And we're in places where, why doesn't God seem to hear? I've been there. I've prayed for different things, and it's almost like, God, are you hearing? Are you listening? I've been in positions where God's silent. And Elijah comes along, and he speaks to them. He speaks to these guys. He goes, oh, what? Well, why don't you just shout louder? And then he says, well, he's mocking them. He's saying, well, maybe you God's away on holiday. Maybe he's in deep thought. Maybe he's relieving himself. Because when a God's got to go, a God's got to go. And if it just happens to be at the time you need him most, well, too bad. That's too bad. He's, he's too busy. See, I wonder how many of us would be honest enough to say, when I pray, nothing happens. Uh, when I pray, it's, it's like God's silent and he doesn't want to ha- uh, hear. See, the goal of today is not to establish a prayer habit where you embrace a new regime that will probably last a month. Let's be honest right now. I'm not talking to you today because I've got this down either. There are times I felt like this. Yeah, I felt like this. Do I get distracted when I pray? Often. Have I ever fallen asleep while praying? Yep. I've been part of many unconscious prayer meetings. I'm a nocturnal intercessor sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? You ever try to pray and next minute, it's like, whoa. And Elijah, what we see though is we see a person who's connected to God, who hears God's voice for the purpose of obedience, who gets God's attention, who gets God to act. If we pick it up at verse 30, it says, Then Elijah called to the people, Come over here. They all crowded around him and repaired the altar around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold three gallons. He he plied the wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. Now, Now, the wanting fire to come down and he's pouring water on it he says after they had done this he said do the same thing again and when they're finished now do it a third time so they did it as as he said and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed O Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob prove that's what people are looking for today proof Prove today that you are the God in Israel and I am your servant. Prove that I've done all this at your command. Oh Lord, answer me, answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven, burnt up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And all the people saw it. They fell down on the ground and they cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord, He is God. Yeah, I wonder, I just wonder whether some of us aren't seeing proof is simply because our motivation to hear God is not God's motivation to speak. Hearing God requires us being willing to act. Yeah, see, God's longing, His intention, His purpose, more than answering our prayer, is relationship. 
That's what He wants. Where His presence is undeniable in our life, we know His voice. See, see, many people today, they pray because they want answers. They, they want answers, not instruction. You know, we come to a tight spot, it's, oh, we'll pray because we want God to sort it all out. If we're to be honest, in many cases, we, we, we want God to take control. It's like, hey, I've made a mess right now. God, you take control. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm about to crash. You take the wheel. And we want God to take control rather than actually God be in control. And, and so our prayer comes at emergency moments, but it's nothing about relationship. You know, prayer is all about connecting. It's about connecting with a living God who's interested in every aspect of your life. And some of us wondering, uh, we wonder why prayer doesn't work. It's simply because we're not connected to the source. In fact, our gas hob hasn't been working for two weeks. Kathy's been frustrated. I've been away a bit. And uh, the gas is working, but it's not igniting. And I just said, oh, well, we put it in two years ago. It's still under warranty. So ring out the people, get them to come out. And they came out, and the guy you know, looked around, and he saw that it wasn't plugged in. <laughs> he, he fixed it, and what do you know, the gas hob works. It, it works. Why? Because it was plugged in. And uh, the warranty doesn't count because of our stupidity. So we have to pay for the call-out fee. You know, how many of us are stupid? When it comes to, we, we pray, but we're not doing it to connect. We're, we're not connected to the power. Prayer is not powerful. Prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. And prayer is how we connect with a loving, living God. Yeah, give God a big clap of praise. Yes. See, see, prayer is how God proves His love to us. It's, we're giving God the opportunity to prove that, that He loves us. You know, I know I've heard God speak to me when, when it comes to this year. You know, God said it's going to be a year where we're full and overflowing. God's spoken to us over many years, and we've, as a church, seen the faithfulness, the goodness of God. Now, many of you have got testimonies because you've heard God and you've acted on it. And as a result, without question, you know God is real. You know, sometimes I've prayed and it's felt like, oh, well, I don't know if it's you, God. Is that you or is it just me? And sometimes I pray, God, if it's me, can you make it you? Uh, it's like, you know, sometimes there's this uncertainty, but, 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 but when you step out, when you do something with it, it's there and then you actually see God's goodness. See, the difference between a follower of Jesus Christ is not that we pray, it's that we actually get a reply. And, and we obey when He speaks. Well, what does it mean to live by faith? Jesus said, well, to live by faith, you just need faith like a mustard seed. But how we speak about faith sometimes sounds like we're spiritually constipated. It's like, I need more faith, I need more faith. And it's like we're just trying to work up faith. Well, you just got to have more faith. Faith is not about working up your belief in God. Faith is about hearing God. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by, come on, it comes by, and hearing by the Word of God. And some of you go, I need more faith. No, you just need to hear God. Because if you heard God, faith would be released. And knowing he speaks, you know, when he speaks, it's not just to bring answers. Sometimes there's instruction. 
We want just answers. Do it, God. But God says, no, you've got to follow this. You've got to forgive. You've got to do this, and that will lead to freedom. We want freedom, but we don't want to have to forgive. And there's instructions that actually bring about the answer. And, and when God speaks, he's not, it's not a request, it's actually a command. Prayer works. It works when we hear and obey. You know, I like Elijah because he just, he, it was blatant. He said, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant and I've done all these things that you command. In other words, I'm just doing what you told me to do. I mean, no, if you're just doing what God told you to do, you can put a demand on God. But many of us, you know, we've taken little bits. And that's why we don't have confidence when it comes to God. I'll do a little bit of God's way and a little bit of my way. And we take a version of, but it's an imitation. It looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. Uh, The world right now is not looking for people who pray. The world right now is looking for people who pray and are willing to hear and obey. And the best evidence that you're a person of prayer is not your discipline, is not your structure, is that you're prepared to do something with God, what God says to you. That's the best evidence. God is speaking all the time. He's speaking right now. The question is, can you recognize His voice? Can you recognize His voice? See, we, we need to decide whether we're going to treat the voice of God as meaningless or sacred. Because we're hearing them all the time. You know, sometimes we get about a day and a name pops into our heart. You know, could it be God highlighting a person to us because He wants us to actually encourage that person? Yeah, many times we get names drop into our spirit and we just dismiss them as meaningless. Oh, I wonder how they are. We do nothing with it. I wonder what would happen if we just acted on those small little promptings. And we sent a text of encouragement. We met somebody for coffee. Whether God would move through those moments. See, in Hebrews chapter 3, particularly, the writer of Hebrews is addressing the people. And he says, today, if you hear his voice, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As in the day of rebellion, or as in the days of Meribah, which actually means contention. Right now we live in a well where there's a lot of contention. Which way do I go? This way, that way. God's way, my way. You know, really, uh, there's contention. And, and here he says, today, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Today. And what Hebrews teaches us is that, that when God speaks, and if we don't obey, what happens is our hearts get hard and our ears become dull of hearing. Our hearts get hard and our ears become dull of hearing. Some people say, well, I've never heard God speak. What do you mean God's speaking to me in a personal, living, intimate way? Could it be that that God's spoken to you and He's spoken to you? And He's spoken to you about many things. He's spoken to you about saying sorry. He's spoken to you about asking for forgiveness. He's spoken to you about your drinking. He's spoken to you about your anger. He's spoken to you about your language. He's spoken to you about your driving. Yeah, some of you driving. <laughs> He's spoken to you about sharing your faith. He's spoken to you about, uh, about giving, not being selfish. He's spoken. But because you didn't treat his voice as sacred, you've stopped hearing him. 
and your hearts have become hard and your ears are dull. See, if you ignore them long enough, it's as though you can't hear them at all. It's as though God is silent, but God's speaking all the time. He's speaking right now in this room. But some of us are too busy thinking about lunch. We can't even hear Him. See, the extreme privilege of prayer is that we can hear the voice of God and we can live the lives that He's called us to. Elijah told people to come down. He said, he said come down. Okay. You've seen the power of their prayer life. I want to show you the power of my prayer life. First of all, you've you got to know God initiated this and I'm just doing what He commanded. God, God loves me. He loves me. And when I listen... He listens when I pray. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift up a small prayer from a life of prayer. Elijah didn't pray for a long time before the fire fell. It was a small prayer. He, he lifted up a small prayer from a life of prayer. And God acted. God moved. What happened? Fire fell. The, verse 38, the fire fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they, well, they fall on their face and said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. See, the end result of New Testament, God-connected prayer, is that people would recognize God as God. That, that's the thing. He is God. They'll fall down on their face. Your God is the one true living God. He's real. This isn't religion. This is real. This actually is true. It works. See, I don't want you to leave today saying, I need to pray more. I want to pray better. I want you to leave today saying, I'm a son and daughter of God, and I have a privilege to be connected with Almighty God. And this God hears me and wants to answer me. I can hear His voice. And I will do what he says. And I know when I cry out to him, I have the power and privilege of knowing that he will actually answer me. See, see, we're living in times where a whole lot of things are coming to a head. Religions are intersecting and people are praying to their gods. Yeah, the God of the Bible works. Yeah, just because it works does not mean it's true. But if it's true, it works. Some of you need to get your head around that. Yeah, you know, things can work for moments. Oh, I'm all right, it works now. It works, yeah, I feel good now. But like that imitation you bought, it'll break and it'll end in hurt and pay. The good news about God, God works and it just doesn't work in a moment. It doesn't work just for one year. Come on, it works for eternity. Come on, this deal works. Works, Yeah. Uh, some of us are a little. Uh, some of you don't know what a clap. Uh, um. uh, and we've got to show the world that, that this works. See, when they look at us, will they see God's power? We need to step away from faithless, riskless, gutless, you know, heartless prayer. Some of us are just praying God because we've got a need in front of us right now, but that's the only time we turn to God. No, we need to pray audacious prayers, dangerous prayers. Come on, prayers that go out. God, God, I want you to prove yourself in this situation. I want you to prove your love, prove your goodness. Come on, God wants to answer, and He wants to answer with fire if we just give Him the opportunity to do so. How long? 
Will you falter between two opinions? And just accept a version. When you accept a version, it's religion at the heart. You've got the form on the outside, but you've got no power. Come on, as a Quippers church, we want to be a church with power. Come on, we want to see God on display. And, and the kind of prayer, if we could have the musicians up, the kind of prayer that we need to pray and we need to determine not to pray is a prayer where it says, I'm not going to pray a prayer where I'm not willing to be the solution to the problem. See, many people want to pray and then just leave it all up to God. God, you do it. Many people over the years, I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for a revival, but they won't even open their mouth. Praying for revival, praying for, you know, praying for protection, but they won't even tithe. Praying, praying, praying. They pray for a whole lot of things. I'm praying, 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 praying. Emergency prayer, one, 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 you know, emergency prayer, but it's not a life of prayer. Pray, but they're not willing to be the solution. They're praying for answers, but they're not looking for instruction. I wonder whether we'll be a, a people who say, man, I'm not going to pray a prayer where I'm not willing to be the solution to the problem. And many people are, what's the church doing about that? Well, what are you doing? How are you stepping out? How are you engaging? How are you, come on, come on, let's be a people who don't just have a whole lot of theories. Come on, let's not add to the info epidemic, just giving people information. People want to see this outworked in your life. You know, I love the fact when it came to Jesus, He didn't just give us a set of instructions to live a free life. In John chapter 1, it says, The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. In other words, I'm going to demonstrate. I'm going to show you how to live your life. Right now, the world doesn't need people to tell them what to do. Right now, the world needs a group of people who say, Man, I'm going to show you the goodness of God. I'm going to prove to you that God's real. And as we give God opportunity, I believe God comes and fills that space. God is speaking. It's been speaking for a long time. Question is, are you listening? Where in your life has God been speaking, but you've just ignored? And could it be right now that there's a crust over your heart that you actually need to allow the Holy Spirit to break down? God's speaking, but your ears are dull. You can't hear. See, God speaks in a whisper. The reason why He whispers is so that you have to come close. A whisper. If somebody whispers in your ear, that's a sign of intimacy. If a stranger whispers in your ear, that's creepy. But when God whispers, you've got to come close. You've got to draw in. God whispers. Some of you, it's like, ah, I missed the whisper. God, I don't want my ears to be dull. I want to know your voice. I want to know you.